Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the People Processes Podcast, where we dive deep into the tools, laws, and yes, processes that you need to know in order to scale and grow your organization. On this podcast, we help you structure your business processes to make your people your organization's greatest competitive advantage. Don't forget, you can find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and pretty much any podcatcher of your choice. You can also subscribe at peopleprocesses.com, which will give you exclusive subscriber-only content. Here is your host, Rami Alajil, author and CEO of People Processes. Today, this is part two of our state updates for August. I, we're going to be going through each one of the states. This is the middle set, uh, so those after the C's, but we're talking about Georgia, we're talking about the M's. You're going to go through, uh, and we're going to walk through each one of these August updates. We hope to do this every month just to keep you in the loop. Before we go too deep, please take a moment to like, subscribe, and comment on either iTunes, uh, YouTube, or go to peopleprocesses.com and subscribe to get some of our special subscriber-only content. Thank you for tuning in, and I will see you later. So, first up, Georgia Disaster and Emergency Services Volunteer Leaves. Under the Disaster Volunteer Leave Act, employees of state agencies who are certified disaster services volunteers may be granted paid leaves of absence for no more than 15 workdays in a 12-month period to participate in specialized disaster relief services for the American Red Cross. This law is also expanded to allow leave for state agency employees who are certified disaster service volunteers of the Civil Air Patrol Auxiliary of the U.S. Air Force. This is important. It often applies to city governments as well. Um, you will find that if you're trying to recruit in similar fields as they are, you're going to have uh, you're going to need to keep this in mind that they allow for paid leave on those. Next up, the meal and rest periods. The law is amended and a new law is added to require employers to provide a paid break time of reasonable duration to an employee who desires to express breast milk at the work site during work hours. You must provide a private location other than a restroom where an employee can express breast milk in privacy at the work site. There are some small business exemptions on that, not on a place to do so or allowing it, uh, but they do can, they, basically you wind up can using a break room if you close it off and that kind of thing. You don't have to be a specific room. You don't have to, I think the law says this is not going, expressly doesn't require that people build things onto their building, right? So it's something you're supposed to adapt in your current environment. Forgive me. All right, so that's Georgia Meal and Rest. If you do not have a um, breast milk policy, a place for people to express, and you're in Georgia, time to change that quickly. This is effective August 5th. We're past that date. Also, uh, paid sick leave. Uh, without action by Georgia General Assembly, the state's sick leave laws were set to repeal July 1. Uh, they finally did act, and they extended them till July 1, 2023. So. Same thing that it's been, but it did not fall out like many people suspected. There's also some changes to unemployment insurance in Georgia. Uh, the method for determining maximum weekly benefit is regarded to uh, because of is is amended because of high average unemployment rates. For f claims filed on or after on or after June 14th, the maximum benefit payable to an individual is the lesser of 14 times the weekly benefit amount. If the state's average rate is at 4.5%, with an additional weekly amount added for each 0.5% increment of the state's average unemployment, up to a maximum of 26 times um, if the state exceeds 10%, right? 
or so this is important to understand. Basically, they've codified that when unemployment goes up across the state, people get longer unemployment benefits. Uh, that's pretty cool. There are some other changes in there about definitions, but that's the key thing to understand. Right now, it is about 10%. So you will see instead that, that uh, people are qualifying for 26 weeks of unemployment in Georgia now. On to Indiana. Indiana now has a law that just passed that prohibits an employer from requiring a candidate for employment or an employee to have a device implanted or otherwise incorporated into the candidate or employee's body as a condition of employment, uh, as a condition of employment in a particular position, or as a condition of receiving additional compensation or benefits. So you can't make them do it, you can't make them do it in order to get a new job, and you can't pay them extra for doing it. Um, not sure exactly how this came about. Don't know too much, but I know that this part of you know future thoughts around uh, biometrics and that kind of thing. But no implanting your employees with things, guys, in Indiana anyway. The unemployment insurance situation in Indiana has changed as well. Um, basically, they be, they choose each year uh, on how much um, to change the tax wage base and what the rate should be based on how much money there is in there. For calendar years 2021 through 2025, the new schedule applies in determining and assigning each employer's contribution rate unless the balance in the fund exceeds $1.8 billion or falls below $700 million. The taxable wage base in 2021 will be $32,400 of $800 from the $31,600 in 2020. That's relevant. Even if your unemployment rate for your company doesn't change, you're spending 2% more. Right, because the wage base has gone up. Assuming you're making, you're paying people over thirty-two thousand. So keep that in mind um, when you think about your costs next year. Uh, your unemployment costs in Indiana will be slightly higher because of a higher wage base. On to Kentucky. There's a new law, and it orders. This is interesting. It orders the Cabinet for Health and Family Services and some other people to create regulations for employer-facilitated substance use disorder treatment programs for employees who have failed an employment dr drug screen. Maintaining such a program is voluntary, it's on the part of employers, and participation would require consent from the employee. But basically, Kentucky's gonna be coming up with a plan for if you're gonna do drug testing in the workplace, which, depending on your industry, very much is important to do. A program that says, hey, you failed the drug test, here's the Kentucky State program that's voluntary that allow that's for drug rehabilitation. This is pretty cool. It could be a, a big boon to employers in Kentucky. Maryland has passed a new uh, law. It requires the Department of Labor to develop a list of any federal or state incentive programs available to an employer who hires and trains formerly incarcerated individ individuals. Under the law, the department must make the list available on the main page of its website by October 1, 2020. So if you're in Maryland and you're thinking about uh, unusual pools of talent because things are a little tight right now, uh, keep an eye out. October 1, 2020, Maryland's going to have uh, some, a list of federal and state incentive programs to help subsidize those costs, provide training, tax credits, those kind of things. Definitely worth checking out come October. Another new law in Maryland. It requires an employer on request to provide an applicant the wage range for the position for which the applicant has applied. The law also prohibits an employer for taking any negative action against the applicant because he or she did not provide wage history or a wage range and prohibits an employer from relying on wage history except when voluntarily provided for the purpose of determining a fair wage. An employer is also forbidden from seeking an applicant's wage history from former employers or their agents. This is important. 
They've asked that, they've also um, amended uh, to state that in determining the amount of the penalty for violating the salary history, the commissioner shall consider the gravity of the violation, the size of the business, and the employer's good faith, and the employer's history of violations under the law. So, not only is it illegal, there will be a penalty, and they're not telling you how much it will be. Um, this is important. This is coming across the whole country. Many states already have this. Maryland is not the first to do so. But wage history is now a question that is highly fraught with compliance concerns. You're not supposed to ask people how much they made before, especially on an application. They could volunteer it, but you can't ask for it in many states, including Maryland now. And Maryland's going a step further in requiring that if an employee asks, or if you want to post it, which is probably more common, you must tell them a wage range for the for the job. So. Uh, that's important to, to keep in mind. You have to tell them the wage range. You can't ask them what they made before. Maryland. This goes into effect October 1, 2020. Also in Maryland, speaking of kind of biometric chips, this is a bit more common. Employers are prohibited from using certain facial recognition services during an applicant's interview for employment unless the applicant consents by signing a waiver. The law goes into detail on what that waiver must contain when it must be, the, la the valid uh, language, that kind of thing. Uh, and it must be done on each interview. This is something that's come up. Um, there's a lot of AI programs out there. Say you're trying to post online and you're hiring all over the country. Uh, there are AI programs out there that have the employees record a video, job application, answer these 10 questions, and then the AI evaluates it and promotes certain ones up to management for interview based on how they did in the interview, judged by a computer. The problem is, is this seems to promote uh, some biases that, that have actual effects on minority communities, and many states are passing laws against this. So if you've looked into those technologies, do keep in mind in Maryland, as of October 1, that's illegal. No AIs judging video-based applications uh, inside your uh, recruiting processes, unless you get waivers. We're all caught up. That's great. Thank you for checking out our video today. I really appreciate you tuning in. I hope you learned something. Next up, we have our part three on this, where we go through the last set of states, the New Yorks, the New Hampshires, the New Jerseys, uh, even all the way out to Wyoming. Ladies and gentlemen, that's it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Check us out on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter at People Processes. Go to peopleprocesses.com, subscribe, and get some of our subscriber-only content. And if you got something out of this, make sure you share it with anyone you know. Thank you for tuning in. Now it's time for you to go out there, have a great day, and get your work done.